Brian Charlo's story is one that many of us can relate to because of adversity and disappointments. Brian transferred schools to pursue his athletic dreams but then had to deal with back-to-back ACL tears within six months. His struggles with having to step away from his athletic dreams and find a new identity put him into a very dark place. But that was then. Today, he will share how he turned those struggles into success and is now a mentor to those who want to achieve in every area of their lives. Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. To never ever give up hope. With me today is Brian Charlo, who is going to share not only his story, but tips on how we can be successful no matter what kind of adversities or struggles we have gone through in life. Hi, Brian. How are you today? I'm doing great, Carol. Thanks for having me. I, I'm happy to be here. Good. Now we want to hear your story. So we gave the introduction. Now take it away. I appreciate that. And it's it's funny hearing the introduction. It, you don't always think back um, <laughs> that long ago. And it kind of gives you chills and recollections of, of those time periods as they were happening. And yeah, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head with that. I grew up uh, in a small town. Um, sports were my life for <laughs> the better part of, of 20 years. It's interesting. Obviously, I had a number of different goals in mind, but athletics were always at the forefront. I wanted to get a good education. I wanted to grow and, and become successful in life, but I didn't necessarily have a plan. And it's not one that I I really looked into that deeply um, until you mentioned the, the injuries that, that happened to me. So I was three years into a university sports career, um, at the University of Concordia in Montreal, Quebec. Um, things were going really well for me. I had just finished my my third season, was really on the radar for possibly some future um, pursuing in, in football. Uh, and unfortunately, like what happens with many athletes on, you know, in circum situations, um, I was injured. And during my recovery period, uh, within six months, I re-tore the same ACL um, that I had previously injured that led to two years of rehab, missing my two seasons in a row for that, that team and realistically took away any chances of football or sports to that matter being, you know, at the forefront of my future. How yeah. did you handle that? 
Well, I would say at first I was handling it well because the original injury isn't something that was going to derail me too much. Um, miss a season, get back. I would have had a whole off season to continue to recover. But when the second one happened, um, that just decreases the chances of that happening. Two years being away from the team uh, in the pri- what was the the prime of the career and, and kind of an important stage. If there was going to be any, you know, future um, football in my life. And that was a really dark period. Um, I really had to rely on um, my teammates, my coaches, my family members, for sure. They helped me out so much. It's it's not easy rehabbing ACLs. You need a lot of, you know, for the first couple of weeks, you can't even walk. You need help, you know, getting changed. You need help eating. You need help going to the bathroom. Um, so I needed to really rely on that. But as that became more and more present that it, it wasn't going to be in the cards for me. I had to completely shift my focus on what I was going to do for the rest of my life. Right. I just, I, when you're in the middle of it, you don't, you get stuck looking at the tree instead of the forest. And, and that's the scenario that I was in. So what I ended up first and foremost, I made the first goal. I said, I am going to come back and play my final year. I know I'm not going to be as good. I know there's not a future in this, but hmm. for myself, I need to come back and play my final. I need to walk off the football field knowing that I, 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 I can put a, a close to this chapter, which I did, which I was really proud of doing. I came back, I played a full year after missing two years, um, was able to make the team, get my position back. I was not as good as I was when I first got off, but that really didn't matter to me. I helped contribute and I got to walk off the field for the final time. And that was really important to me. And when I look back on that, that's one of my best achievement, my self-fulfilling achievements that I've been able to accomplish. Because I just said to myself, I'm going to do this no matter what the the cost and was able to accomplish that. It means a lot to me even to this day. You set your goal and you were able to get to it. Mm -hmm. That was a a big, like I said, and at the time I didn't know if I could do it because one, I wasn't even guaranteed a spot on the team. Like you're, you're playing in a very high level. They don't give you a, a courtesy uh, position on that. There's not enough players to dress <laughs> at one time. You need to earn it back. So all those factors being in, I definitely look back on that with a lot of pride and, and knowing that I was able to accomplish that. So continue your story. Where did you go from there? Yeah. So after that, it, it really, and I will say this too, during that rehab time, I really, I was still at university. I was still getting and pursuing my higher education. So that was another main focus on top of the the sports. I was, I was missing two years. So I had to make sure I was not just you know, sitting around twiddling my thumbs. I really focused on getting my university degree uh, and kind of trying to start a plan out for the future. Again, something I hadn't looked at previously in as much depth as I I began to. You know, once I I finished off school, I actually came across a really great, what I believe to be a really good job opportunity, which was um, in the sports hospitality industry. So I was thinking to myself, okay, I I took business in school. Um, This was a sales job. It intertwined both business and sports. You're selling, you know, packages to, you know, the masters in golf, your NCAA for basketball, March Madness, all these things like right up my alley. And I really thought that was a, a great opportunity. So I took it. <laughs> Long story short, um, it wasn't as good an opportunity as I really thought it was. Uh-huh. And what happened is I really got a bitter taste in my mouth about the profession and career of sales. 
not because of the industry itself, but because of the people that I was around, because of the shady things I saw from my managers and the people above and, and the way they would, you know, I don't want to say trick maybe, but mislead mm, uh, new account managers coming in for the first time. Like I saw people leave on their first day. They left it. I saw one person leave at lunch on their first day because they're like, what did I get myself into? So that, you know, it, it kind of was one of those scenarios too, where I remember saying, okay, I'm not just going to give up on this. I'm going to learn from this experience. I'm going to take in everything that I can, both good and bad. I'm also going to walk away with great sales experience and get a couple of sales under my belt and really see if I can stick through a situation that I know I'm not going to be in forever, but can I get through to the other side and, and, and take something positive from it? And that was really the next big step in my story and, and ultimately led to a now long prosperous career in sales. But at the time, I would not, if you talked to me then, I would have probably told you I would not be in sales today just based on on how uh, traumatizing may not be the right word. Maybe that's a little too strong, but definitely an experience that I didn't want to put myself in again and, and definitely wouldn't have told you I might have been in sales now. So to answer the age-old question, are salesmen born or made? Ooh, that's a good one. I've been asked that before, and I and it's, it's really hard to answer because you can't speak on behalf of everyone. Everyone has their own personality, their own um, way of adapting to new situations. And, and so I personally would say for myself, I was made, I, I did have some tangibles that help. Um, I did, you know, whether it be a personality outgoing, maybe a little more eccentric that do help, but that doesn't mean that anybody can't be a salesperson. And that's what I truly believe if they are willing to, become uncomfortable. And if you find somebody who, who may not have these intangibles, they're willing to become uncomfortable in a learning process, they can become a salesperson. Anybody can. So that's why I believe that they can be made if they have the right attitude. But it, it takes a lot of hard work on their end to, to be made into a, a sales professional. And do you believe that you sell yourself first? Yeah, I do. Because I think you sell yourself every day in non-sales uh, you sell yourself when uh -huh. you go to a party and meet new people. You sell yourself when you go to a networking event. A friend invites you out to meet their group of friends, um, a dinner party, it, all kinds of things. You're selling yourself without even knowing it. So, yes. And the more you get out and do that, and again, you put yourself in sometimes uncomfortable. You ever been invited to something with a friend that you originally thought, I'm not going to like this. Maybe I don't <laughs> want to go to this. And you, you kind of tell yourself, you know what? No, this will be fun. Let me go out and, and put my best foot forward and see how it is. And, it, and sometimes those are the best days of your life and best experiences if you really allow yourself to be engaged and uncomfortable and put yourself in a scenario that you're maybe not used to. Um, sell yourself and you surprise yourself once you start doing that. And the more often you do it, the better you become at it. And, and it just kind of snowballs from there. So just for fun, before we continue, can you just share some of the things that you have sold some things you sh maybe shouldn't yeah. have sold <laughs> <laughs> well in terms of the actual um industries that i've been in it's been a wide variety and, and i'll kind of touch on that because I, I make sure i mention it in my book is i've been in sports hospitality i have been actually two roles in sports hospitality at different companies sales as a solution software um selling i've 
I've been in the construction industry. Uh, I've sold wax at gas stations. <laughs> was my first ever job. Oh my goodness! In sales. I was selling wax to people as they were pumping gas into their car. So I've been through it all to give you a, a little snippet of it. But the biggest thing I talk about in my book is not being, and this applies to life too, trust me, is not feeling like I had to say my first job was in, or my first corporate job was in sports hospitality. And when I, I, I pivoted and left, I got into another job at sports hospitality because I just kind of thought that's what you do. I, I thought, well, I already know this much about it. I might as well keep going. That's going to give me a leg up in it, right? Moving forward. But what I quickly came to learn is things that you take from any job, any profession, any career will have crossover if you get uh -huh. into a different uh -huh. industry. Uh, it could be a whole new profession. It could be, um, say, sales, but in a completely different industry that you have to start at square one to learn about that industry. But your actual sales skills that you take and develop will cross over. So the biggest thing I talk about, I really stress about it in the book too, is don't feel like just because you started in a um, industry means you have to stay in it. Feel free to change up your industry completely. Learn, challenge yourself. There will be enough crossover that you will quickly pick it up. But don't feel like, oh, I have to do 20 years in the sports hospitality industry, 20 years in construction or 20 years in this, because that's just what I learned first. I really think that that keyholes you into something and you're going to miss out on some great opportunity just because you're a little like, well, I don't know enough about XYZ industry. Well, guess what? Tell yourself that you are able to learn it. You're smart right. enough to learn this exactly. and you're going to dedicate yourself to learn it. And you'll find yourself in a much, much better situation and you'll find yourself learning it way faster than you expected it. So that's really big point of emphasis. And that, that can work for sales or any other profession. You don't have to stay in this, in the one you started in. And that's what you said initially, getting out of that comfort zone. And the thing is, it, I'm not, and I don't want to take away from the people that do stay in it because you can get really good at it. And if you find a great situation, a great company, a great industry and something you really thrive in and love being in, by all means, go for it. And, you know, I don't want to discourage people from from not staying in it if it's something they really like and do. But if it's something you're struggling in and you just think, well, if I'm already struggling in this and I know about it, how am I going to go to something new that I don't know about it? You, you need to trust yourself. And that's a big factor. And and I really encourage that in people if if they are thinking about changing um, careers in that way. A blurb that I have regarding your book says, a guidebook to a career in sales, including the fears to overcome, setting mm -hmm. goals, planning and motivation, and how your techniques are for everyone wanting to succeed, not just those in sales. Yeah, that, and that's actually something that came about with the book that I did not set out to. I did not expect it to take that turn. And funny enough, sometimes I get stuck in my own little world as maybe we all do. <laughs> and as I'm reading this and, I, and I'm thinking about my own experiences, which really focus around sports and sales industry, because that's really all I've known outside of like a year or two uh, in a different um, career. But what I came out with it is and I, and I had some people read it when I started that aren't in sales. And I said, can you just read this book and let me know what you think? Cause I want it to be understood at a, at a rudimentary level. Like, I don't want to think it's like, you got to have 20 years in sales to, to understand what I'm talking about in this. And the feedback I was getting from them was like, this stuff applies to life. This doesn't have to be just 
sales specific things. And that's right. when I really opened my eyes. And I actually reread the book from a different lens <laughs> after getting that, which I, you, sometimes you need people to shake you out of that, that mindset or that if you got your blinders on in a certain way, cause I was so focused on having it make sense to salespeople or people getting into the industry that yeah. I missed that yeah. I started talking about life things because those life things I talk about are what got me through being injured. It what got me through committing right. to right. getting back to getting on the field. It got me through committing to changing careers and changing industries and, and just learning about that being actually life applicable, especially the goal setting. Anybody is, can set goals, but it can be difficult to do if you really don't have, if you're not used to doing it, you know, not everybody, like sometimes if you, you're used to setting goals in your life, you think everybody does it, but they don't when they start to do it. Cause some people have that aha moment, like, Hey, I really got to commit to this. And there's, there's a lot of nuances to goal setting and, and what helps it be um, something more achievable or something that becomes kind of a shot in the dark if you're actually going to achieve it or not. I think it's also important to enjoy selling. I mean, I love mm -hmm. to sell. I think I've been selling since I was about three years old. Can you address that a little? Yeah. One of my favorite quotes is uh, literally in bold letters, never, um, I want to, I want to get it right. Cause I, I came, <laughs> but it's, it's never lose. It's right here. Be sure to never lose the enjoyment of making a sale. Right. That if you start to lose that enjoyment of why you're in this, if you're doing it for the right reasons, if you're selling the right product to the right people and you're 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 taking care of someone's needs, someone's pain point, you're actually confident you are helping them out and making their life easier and and helping them in this, that should bring you joy and excitement. Um, because you're not only helping them, you're helping yourself, you're helping your family, you're helping those that you're you're providing for. And you should never lose that enjoyment. And if you don't have that, it's really difficult. If you're just going through the motions in sales, uh, I think it was Zig Ziglar that said, sales can be the easiest low paying job or the hardest high paying job you can have. And, and I believe that because if you're just going through the motions, sales probably isn't for you, um, even if you're good at it. Uh, and, but if you can find that combination of being good at it, but also enjoying it just as much, you can really have a, a, a long, prosperous career um, in this profession. And you know what? It shows because mm -hmm. people know, they, they sense when you really are caring about them and their needs and that you have an answer or a solution for that, which mm -hmm. is part of the actual sale, correct? Whereas I, somebody who just mm -hmm. has a product that wants to push it down your throat and, and almost make you feel uncomfortable. So yes, definitely. I can relate to that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're going to, anything you want to say before we take a quick break? Um, no, just to maybe quickly add on to that is you can tell the people who believe in their product when they approach you right. or you approach them. That's a biggest, and I, and I talk, it, it, that was really important to me. And that's one thing that I didn't do when I first started and, and was hesitant to leave. But then once I, that factor came in, you have to believe in it and you can tell when somebody believes what right. they're offering you right. is right for you. And, and that really goes a long way. We're going to take just a quick 15 second break. And when we come back, we want to address some of the issues. One is how to overcome self-doubt, because I think that is going, that's a major. And also some of the excuses and negativity that surrounds or can surround the situation and how we should address those as well. So we will be right back. Carol Graham would like to show you the path from misery to miraculous triumph in her fast-paced memoir, Battered Hope. 
She relates her determination to succeed as someone who experienced one horrendous nightmare after another. Gang raped and left for dead, loss of a child, husband falsely imprisoned, and cancer. Nothing could break her tenacity or faith. No matter what you face, heartache, loss, suffering, or injustice, Carol will illustrate how she became a victor the same way you can. The secret is to never, ever give up hope. Order your copy at Amazon or batteredhope.blogspot.com. Continuing our conversation with Brian Charlo, and I'm enjoying this thoroughly because I love sales. <laughs> <laughs> and the good side, right? Because a lot of times I think there is there is kind of a negative response in some people. Oh, you're a salesperson. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I, so anyway, we're going to talk about that. But before we do that, why don't you address how you can overcome self-doubt if you really want to be in sales and you just feel terrified and there's that self-doubt and maybe lack of experience or lack of security. But this is very evident in the sales industry, of course. So take it away. Yeah, and I, I love that you mentioned just going into this topic about that, some of the, the negative um, personifications of salespeople and all that. So definitely put a pin in that because I'd like to touch on that um, before or sorry, after we get into this. But I, I think it's just as important to get into this topic on self-doubt because that it's the, it's the number one killer of really good salespeople uh, or people that could be good salespeople but it goes so much further than that. This is this is real life stuff. This is outside of your career. This is your everyday life. These are goals, opportunities that you might have at your fingertips. And there's that little voice in your head that says, what if, what if this happens? What if I fail? What if, like, um, I, it can be addressed in many different forms, whether you look at excuses, whether you look, it, it's, it's, Here's the biggest thing that I that I always say. Um, in life, you are looking um, every day to avoid failure. You are looking uh. to make sure you don't fall flat on your face when you're walking down the sidewalk, you're tripping down the stairs, or whatever the case is. You're you are actively trying to avoid failure, and unfortunately, that can become very deep rooted in your life when you don't. Um, when it's, when it's counterproductive to your growth as a person. And to do that, you have to rewire your mindset. I say, you know, if you want to kind of attach it to sales, in sales, you starting your day actively trying to fail. You're actively going to, to hear no's. You know, uh -huh. day, you're going to hear no. Like it's, it's a different shifting in mindset. But once you realize that, Whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, if the worst case is you don't make it, you, you fail, quote unquote, or you get told no, or it doesn't work out as you planned, it's it's not the end of the world. <laughs> like, pick up your feet, you know, get on your feet, dust yourself off, and either reattempt what you just failed at, learning by learning by what happened and what the down the the pitfalls were in this one, or say, hey, you know what? I can honestly say I gave it my best shot. It didn't work. I learned from it. 
what am I going to try next? What is the next thing that I can do in my life for growth, whether it be career-wise or and personal? And to do that, you have to rewire yourself to, to give yourself credit for trying and attempting this. That's interesting that you said that because I have a quote that I have used for decades already. I'm sure you have heard it. In fact, I think it might be a Zig Ziglar quote. And it was, some will, some won't, so what next? That's that's essentially what you just said. Not everybody's going to, so what? Next, you know? And the thing is, you start thinking that everybody else cares. Trust me, they got enough things on their own plate. They don't <laughs> care. You know, there's going to be lots of people that support you, lots of people that help you, but I guarantee they will respect you for for going after what you believe right, in right. and doing that. And I, I I don't know the origin of this quote, but it's whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. That's right. And, yes, yes. And it it applies to this. And the the biggest thing about self doubt is that you can't just say to yourself, okay, uh, I'm not going to doubt myself. Now what? Right. It doesn't, it doesn't just happen for you just because you now believe in yourself or what you can do it from there. There's plenty of things you have to put in action. It's just the first step to saying, to, to telling yourself, okay, I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to, but without any preparation or planning, you're doomed to fail. Even if you believe in yourself to do it. So it's really just that first step to saying, Hey, I believe that I can do this now. How am I going to do it? Good Putting point. plans into action mm-hmm. and doing that. So it's really just a domino effect, but it's, it's the most important because you can put all the planning, you can do all those stages. If you want to put the, the cart before the horse and do all that planning, all that, but in the back of your head, you don't think you can accomplish it still. You won't with all the planning in the world. However, if you truly believe you can do this and you're going to truly put your full effort into it and then you continue on that process of properly planning um, and and understanding and uncovering every stone to make sure this works for you, you will be successful or I can guarantee you you will fall forward and take something (laughs) from the experience, even if it doesn't come exactly as planned. So that's, to me, that's that first step. But unfortunately, that's an internal battle that that you have to have with yourself and believe in and get the help. You can't have someone else tell you that you can do it right. and believe it. you have to do it uh, yourself. And from that factor. And you wanted to address the negativity around salesmanship as well, right? Yeah. And I, and I think, and I always say the biggest reason that I think that is, is everybody has a story about a bad experience when it comes to sales. <laughs> everybody has it. We all have it. If you, if you've been Around long enough, you've been approached by someone that was way too pushy, way too arrogant. Um, you were sold something that you feel like maybe you got lied to about and, you know, it broke the first day you opened it or whatever the case is. Everybody has that bad experience that they can always relate to. And go, oh, yeah, that sales guy or that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what they don't understand is that when they are approached and buy something from a good salesperson, they don't even know they're being sold. And I don't mean that in a malicious way at all. What I mean by is, is you come by, you need something, you, uh, you have a pain point in your life. Um, you need, you need something that needs to be fixed or helped. And I don't know, say for instance, you're buying a mattress or a refrigerator, an appliance, a roof, whatever the case is, you reach out, you're looking for information on an industry or a t- 
topic that you don't know about. You're not an expert in this. Something just broke and you realized, darn, I don't know anything about refrigerators, but, and you go approach somebody and they listen to you. They ask you great questions to get more in-depth information about the scenario that you're in. They ask you open-ended questions that give them more detail to find the right fit for you on whatever it is. And they don't try to say the top of the line thing if that's not what you need. Now, if you need it, heck, maybe that's, but if that's not what you need, they find the perfect fit for you, exactly what all your needs were. And the transaction is clean and comforting. You walk away and it's like, that's great. I got the best refrigerator that I need exactly for, for what I was looking for. In your head, you're not, you don't walk away five years later and say, well, that guy was such a good salesperson. You're like, I really like that fridge. I got the right one. There's people like that everywhere helping people in need and great salespeople. And it's almost a compliment to not know that you were sold on something because they did such a great job and, and people just miss that. And that's why I love this career so much is that that's what I you're aiming to do is help people based on their needs by asking good questions and finding the right item for them at the right price and doing all those to the point that they don't even know how much you helped them because they, they felt like they figured it out themselves. Zig Ziglar is one of my favorite. Yes, authors. I love. And I've heard him in person you know, many decades ago. Some of the seminars I've watched on YouTube right, he's, he's right. A, from a while ago, he had some great stuff too. And, and is a great performer and entertainer in terms of like how he presents his sales yes. information. Go <laughs> fighting your way through the excuses and negativity and leading by example. Will you address that please? Yeah, it kind of, relates back to that what if side of it, that excuse side of it, that the self-doubt side, big factor in sales and in life. And again, and this is why I just found that there was so much overlap between what we were talking about in sales and what you're talking about in everyday life is, is, is accountability for yourself and your own actions. If you can't hold yourself accountable, if you could, if you were, everybody knows that person who's got an excuse for everything. Right. If it turns out you're that person, I can guarantee you, you're going to have a reason why you didn't do anything. There's always <laughs> going to be something. There's always going to be a reason why they're late. There's always going to be a reason why they're not, I don't know, packed properly. There's going to be a reason why they missed their flight. There's going to be a reason why this and that. There always will be. The first step is taking accountability. And when you're, and that doesn't mean sometimes things out of your control can't happen and do this. But in, in sales, there's always a, you know, what if the, the customer is busy? What if he's on lunch? What if he's upset? What if he doesn't like the price? What if, what if, what if? And it starts by finding out, let the customer tell you he's at lunch. Let the customer tell you he's busy. Let him do that. If you're not actually applying it and you're making up these things in your own head before you even do anything, you're already setting yourself up uh, for failure. And that, and, and what I always say with, with new salespeople, especially when I'm really helping out people that are new to the industry, and I just go, you're going to get told no now <laughs> or in an hour. So you might as well go get told no now, <laughs> get out there and start, you know, and then you can at least go on to the second person. You can take information from that interaction. You're going to have some now tangible information. You might hear a new objection. You might learn something new about the industry, about them through a question or whatever. It's like, it's, it's okay that you're going to go out and be told no 10 times in a day, but you might as well go start now because it's going to happen. And staring at your phone doesn't change that. So I think that's really the, the the excuses side of it that you really have to overcome. Because if you're going to sit here and, and tell me every reason why you're not going to make a sale, 
I'll start to believe you because I'm like, you are never going to make a sale. If you aren't learning from these things, you're just never going to progress and you're never going to get to, I always look at it like a, it's almost like a video game sales, that sales process. And there's checkpoints. And the first one starts by calling and talking and being in front of that prospective customer. And then it's overcoming objections. Then it's learning about their, you know, learning about the business, overcoming objections, you know, closing a sale, demoing, whatever the case may be based on your own particular thing. But if you can't get out of the, you know, the quicksand of the first couple steps um, by eliminating this excuses and self-doubt, you're never just never, it's unfortunate. You're just never going to become a good salesperson. So as soon as you have that mindset and you're okay, again, you're not protecting your ego by making excuses. You're actually putting yourself out there for failure and rejection and no's and learning from them. That's the biggest thing it's okay to get told no if you learn something from it. If you're not taking it away or you're making an excuse like, oh, I told no, he's just a jerk or whatever. Well, you're going to keep running into the same problems and not growing and getting better. So that's kind of what I, I try to tell people new to this um, profession is you're going to get, you're going to get told no and rejected a lot. And that's a good thing. Cause that means you're out there talking to a lot of prospects. Cause you, you can only get told no a hundred times if you talk to a hundred prospects. And that's all part of the process, isn't it? It is. And you got to grow a thick skin. Uh-huh. You got to learn that. And like I said, every no is going to be different. Every no is going to be for a different reason. And, and compile all those reasons. Yes, yes. And learn. Becoming, <laughs> overcoming the objections. They're right? learning. It's like, well, hey, I heard this reason 30 times. Maybe I need to practice overcoming that objection. And when you do that, you've just now turned the next 30 into more qualified prospects because you're better at handling that objection and you might get to the next stage and become better slowly and and surely. It's not an overnight success in sales by any means. And it starts at the ground level and same thing in in life. Let's talk about your book now. Anything else that you want to share about that that you haven't already? Well, I want to thank you because a lot of these questions that you brought up, I know they weren't specifically to that, but it's all things that I talk about in the book because that is the reason I wrote it because these aren't easy things for people new to the profession to learn about and be told because they, to be fully transparent with, with after the, a couple of those first sales jobs I did, I was so bitter about some of the experiences that I actually left sales and didn't plan on coming really? back. Yeah. And I left for about a year and a half. I got a really good opportunity, took it. It was in the automotive industry, not selling cars, but just in the in the industry, the repair industry. I got so lucky in terms of how good their training was and how good my mentor was, my my manager that I came into with, and a couple of the people around me who had been in the industry for like 10 plus years. They helped me out so much and absolutely expedited my career to a point that way further than I could have ever expected it to be. And I realized I got really lucky in that scenario. And not everybody gets that. A lot of people are going to get the first experience that I got. Every company has their own way of doing training. Some bring in Uh outside Uh people. Some people do it internally. Some people are qualified for it. Some people aren't. Some people get managers they just do not click with. And they don't know where else to turn because that's the person that they've been essentially handed off to. And sometimes you get really lucky and sometimes you don't. And I, I knew there needed to be some sort of outside source to help people that were struggling in this like I did, because I wrote this book from the perspective of like, what if I had come across this book 10 years ago, well, 12, 12 years ago now, when I first started, it would have been a lifesaver for me. Hmm. And 
instead of fighting through it on your own and, and digging upwards because you just feel like it's never ending. Sometimes you're not getting any sales. You're not making any money. You're, the manager doesn't seem to be helping you. The people around you don't have time because they have their own prospects to speak to and their own sales to make so they can afford you know, things in their life. Not everybody has time for you. And when you, and you don't know where to turn, there needs to be some, some outside sources. And the biggest thing that I found, cause I, I dove so deep into sales books at one time, I was reading them all the time. I was listening on audible when that had first started. And I was like, man, these are great sales books, but I I'm afraid to pick up the phone. So <laughs> it doesn't really do me much good that I know how to close if I don't know how to get past objections. Yeah. So good I point. really started from the start. Like I talk about how to apply for a sales position in it because I, I don't know what level these readers are going to be at. So I wanted to make sure that I started right from the beginning, helped them through that entire process. And then I made sure the last chapter is all about, okay, these are, this is the fundamental ground level things you need to learn to be successful and start your career off. This last chapter is now that you've done this, this is where you need to go. These are the books you need to read. These are the things you need to work on, you know, work on becoming a mentor for the next person in line, work on solidifying your closing skills, work on this. And I, and I give options for books that I found really helpful, things like that. So I wanted to make sure I kind of took the reader from the very beginning and walked them through uh, and kind of kept them going on on a, on the right progression. And, And that was the whole objective to to the book. And I I really hope that I was able to accomplish that for some people. Well, your enthusiasm is definitely Mm -hmm. genuine. And that comes across. And that comes across as you as an individual. And also for what you're trying to present to us here today. And I appreciate that because you have to have an element of enthusiasm about yourself before you can just as we talked about before i'm a rotten person you don't want you don't want to listen to me it's 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 so true though but it and just to talk about the self-doubt because that's actually a big part in my book i I describe it in more depth but the whole thing is is it took me five years to write this book not because it's got five years worth of material it's because on and off Uh i didn't believe that what i was writing was worth the, the time it was going to take to read for, for people. Right. And I really struggled with that imposter syndrome that people run into when they do this until I really had a hard look. I, I read over what I had and I said, no, this is, this is something I could have used and I know somebody out there can do it. And, and I said in the book, I go, well, if I couldn't overcome my own self doubt in releasing this book, then, then the information I'm providing isn't worth it to you. But the fact that you're reading it means I was able to, and it means I really put in a lot of time and effort to make sure it was valuable information. If you're taking time out of your day to read it, and I, and I took a lot of pride in doing that, but for that exact reason, it's as I struggle with it just as much as the next person has. And it took a lot for me to overcome that, but I, I got to listen to my own advice. And, and that's why I, I have enthusiasm preaching about it because I've been through it just like, you know, your listeners have been just like some people new to any profession will go through. And and that's kind of where I think it comes from. Well, I appreciate everything that you have Mm -hmm. shared with us today, not only your story, but of course you have been motivating and Mm -hmm. we all need motivation. And I can't wait to pick up your book. I know that um, the audience is feeling the same way. Anything you want to say in closing, maybe uh, the name of your book again, please. (laughs) Yeah, the, the name of the book is Pitching Sales, A Complete Guide to Becoming a Sales Professional. Um, but as, as kind of we touched on, it's if you, any of the listeners out there aren't 
specifically in sales, I've been told and, and kind of I was able to look at it from that different lens. It is helpful, goal setting, overcoming excuses, self-doubt, all those things we struggle with in real life, whether you're in sales or not. Hopefully that that can bring some some value um, to it. But and also just on on um, Instagram, I, I run it myself. So if somebody sends a message or a, a DM mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that, by all means, uh, it's me that responds to it. So um, they're more than welcome to follow me at, at Pitching Sales uh, on Instagram. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. And thank you so much, Brian, for being on Never Ever Give Up Hope. Well, I really appreciate you having me. I really enjoyed this talk, Carol, and, and I look forward to speaking with you again in the future. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.